0: Hey, it's the Brian and Kendra show. Uh, we're here to talk about real estate, and give you some valuable tips and insights in the Woodward Small Market Real Estate. Today we have Michael Wickware here. What's up? And you are what is your position? I am the Woodward Fire Department Fire Chief. Fire Chief? Yeah. So that's like managing broker, fire chief. Yeah. Big dog. Uh, all right. <laughs> the guy that gets the, stuck with all the, the one that <laughs> everything gets blamed on. <laughs> Hey. Yeah. The coffee machine doesn't work this morning. Ah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That'd be a— I got it. I got it. So, fire chief. All right. So, um, we're here talking about real estate, really, but we're kind of coming into the season of winter, mm-hmm. and uh, the only rentals I've had ever burned down were due to electrical space heater fires. So we're going to talk about some things like that. Um, so
1: uh, how long have you been around Woodward? Uh, I've been here my whole life. Whole I, life. I grew up here. I was born in Shattuck and way back in 1981. And mm. I've been here ever since. I left here a couple of years and went to college in Alva and came back and worked in the oil and gas a little bit and then got into the fire service and started in the fire service officially in 05 mm. and became full time in 06 and.
0: Sweet. And you have two kids and that are either of them getting into the fire industry? They are not. No. They
1: uh I think they're gonna probably go for something that, that pays a little pays better a little and better. it's a little yeah. safer. Yeah. So I think one's going into marketing and the other one's going into accounting. So sweet. Well. Accounting and marketing. Well
0: all right. Well <laughs> marketing makes a living. It's uh it does. It's a, uh it's such a big with all this new AI and mm. it's gonna really um, put the marketing people, they're gonna have to step it up to a whole new level, yeah, to compete so, but yeah. in the fire industry, there's no in artificial intelligence
1: yet for fire stuff yet is there there's no AI for the fire that I know of right, okay. yeah, you're right, I mean, I can I can get on. I can get on the internet now and really look like I know what I'm doing with, yeah. <clears throat> with AI. ChatGPT can put yeah. a, write I mean, me this email. It's amazing. That's right. Yeah. Is so that what just, did you do yeah. ChatGPT on I'm this? sure that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was too lazy to even do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, so let's start about home safety. Let's get started there. So as we're coming into this cold season, what are some things that a homeowner or a renter, somebody lives in a house, everybody, what should they do to prepare
1: you know just I would recommend lots of system checks, you know like you need to set up certain times throughout the year that you're sort of you wanna be methodical about sort of checking your home almost like a vehicle you know you wanna you wanna check your smoke detectors with your batteries, make sure they're good, you wanna make sure they're working um I believe on like a d t and some of the vent uh, oh, I just lost it uh almost said venmo yeah vivant vivant yeah vivant i think you can do tests on those if you just let them know uh you know just things like that make sure that you're you know check your your air filters things of that nature if you're going to pull an old space heater out of the closet or something really check the you know check the plug-in check the receptacle make sure everything's kind of in good shape and and um you know just
0: garage first
1: yeah. Put it out in the garage. Just make sure and just watch it, you know, give it, give it some respect and make sure that you, you know, you don't want to trust your life with something that hasn't been tested. So Right.
0: Well, I know the heat and air guys here in town are really good at doing, uh, system checks and they have a service call, 120 or 30, 40 bucks, something like that. They'll come out and they'll pull the phone off your heater, check your burner tubes, make sure you're good there. They'll check to make sure they're not rusted. Uh, you're not getting carbon monoxide in your house. Um, They'll do a good, they, you know, they'll clean it. And so that's, uh, I don't do that. We had three of them checked here. Like, hey, I don't know if any of these have ever ran. So go check those yeah, three. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> at this new, new building we're in. So um, smoke alarms, how many smoke alarms should we have in our house?
1: That's a good question. I mean, it's not really regulated by anything other than there are certain buildings and certain type of structures that are, um, you know, Obviously, you're going to want a smoke detector around an area where you you have any type of heat source, any type of fire danger. So, you know, around a kitchen, um, you know, you don't want it directly in the line, you know, of smoke and steam because that could set it off. Um, You're constantly fighting that. But you just want to be thinking about, you know, areas that, you know, heat sources are prevalent and you want enough that they're going to pick up any smoke and alert you and let you get out. So, you know, they're not very expensive, and they're just a very, very cheap insurance policy. So I know I didn't give you a super
0: no concrete okay. answer,
1: but the more the better.
0: Right. So our lending practices, <clears throat> FHA requires one at the entrance of each bedroom, I believe,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is what they require. I think that's it. And any floor. So if you have two separate floors, you have to have one on each floor and one in front of each bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds right. Is it in the entrance? Is it in the bedroom? One in each bedroom and one in the hallway in front of the bedrooms and then one on each floor. I think mm-hmm. that's what they require. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, we've had to install a few here and there. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what's the difference between a heat detector and a smoke detector?
0: Do you do you do you see many heat detectors anymore?
1: You really don't. I mean, they're a little bit more, you know, prevalent with your your fire suppression systems, your sprinkler systems, that type of stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of them will will operate off of heat sensors, um, whereas, you know, your smoke detector is just going to pick up smoke. So, um, you know, there are certain applications in certain places where your heat sensing, you know, apparatus are in place, but, you know, typically in a residential structure, you're going to see... Smoke detectors. I mean, yeah. it's the simplest, cheapest thing. You know, probably more in your commercial structures, especially if they have sprinkler systems, you will see some heat type stuff. I think. I think back in the eighties, somebody went door to door and sold those metal,
0: yeah, ones that are so loud. Have you ever <laughs> set one of them off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
1: know exactly what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So if you're looking at a house and you're trying to set that one off to test it, yeah. You can't reset it.
1: No, no, you can't. No, <laughs> so I
0: can't remember yeah. what they're called. They're a heat detector mm-hmm. and the little piece of metal. May, and I've had I had a customer way long time ago, took a broomstick and hit that. Like I, he was pushing on it, trying to get it set. He said, I can't get this. This must be bad. And man, when it went off, it was,
1: <laughs> there the was neighbors. No doubt, huh?
0: It was no <laughs> doubt you would have been awake. So, yeah, those are way expensive and they're even hard to find anymore. Um, next smoke, how about fire extinguishers?
1: That's a good question. Um, you know, all commercial structures are typically required to have fire right. extinguishers. Naked note. Naked yeah. Note. Yeah. Oh, I don't I'll, know if we have one. I'll check those for you guys when <laughs> I walk by. Um, there are certain stipulations that will change, but a good general rule of thumb is every 75 walking feet is what you want for, you know, a five pound fire extinguisher, you do need to have it annually inspected. And I'm talking commercial right now. Um, you need to have it annually inspected. And, you know, there's, there's some places in town that do a really good job of that. And like every five year, I think you have to send it off to do some kind of special test on it. But um, you really want to make, you, you, you have to have that done as per standard. You know, if someone comes and inspects you, they'll be looking for that. Um, But really, you should check your extinguisher once a month. And, um, man, I wish I had one here. I could show you how to do it really quick. It's super quick and super simple. It takes about two minutes. The main thing is, is check the gauge. Make sure it's working. Check the pin. Make sure it's in place. Take the hose off. Blow it out. Make sure Mm -hmm. there's no cobwebs in it. Screw it right back on. Flip it upside down. Smack it on the bottom. And it's good to go. And you can do it that quick. And so... Uh, Sometimes that powder will cake up in there Mm -hmm. and can cause it to malfunction. And so just getting into a good habit of doing that once a month is really good. Residentially, as far as I know, there's no requirement to have one, but it's always a good practice to have one at your house. Even if it's just one of those cheap ones from Walmart, I would always have a fire extinguisher at your house because they're just... It's amazing how much fire they can put out. It, it really is. is. It's really. I mean,
0: from experience, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> you caught some stuff on fire. Huh? <laughs> so what's funny is, is so, we uh, had uh, we have several firework stands, <clears throat> and every year we switch buy new fire extinguishers. <clears throat> so the old ones, and we have extras. So what we, we just go to practice. We have one in each door at each end of the, the deal. Which I tell them, if anything catches on fire inside the firework stand, you just run. Mm. Don't try to put it out. Mm.
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> if it's outside the stand, try to put it down. But, um, and so I took him home. We was messing with him. I said, I, my daughter had some friends over, and I said, let's see how these smokes. Have you guys ever used fire extinguishers? And so we got fire extinguishers out, and I showed him how to pull the pin and shoot at the base of the fire. And we were having a good time shooting each other with—not really. But um, <laughs> we were making a big mess out in the yard. Not a week later was I being dumb.
1: Yeah.
0: And I lit this— firework on the concrete i thought i was all safe except it exploded which is why I don't light like wet fireworks <laughs> and it shot fireworks out and caught the grass on fire and my daughter runs in to the house grabs the fire extinguisher out of the kitchen pulls the pin, heads out there and it's like putting out fires she's 13 like
1: mm. yeah yes Trained her right, good huh? job
0: <laughs> so yeah we we uh, i think it's a great thing it's good one more Ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Take your kids outside. It's one of the funnest things.
1: Yeah. Shoot it. Yeah, yeah, it's.
0: And then that way, uh, I was. Uh, when I lived. Well, oh, I didn't live there. I was picking up my daughter at daycare on on Edgewood, and the guy's car in the backyard caught on fire, mm. and so I grabbed her smoke. Uh, fire extinguisher. Jumped the fence, and the guy that was there before me, he was shooting right on top of the fire, like. The car was on fire, and he was just shooting on top. Mm. And I'm like, buddy, that the bottom of the fire. Like, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. seat of the fire. Yeah, just yeah, right. knock that down. So I don't know what he was doing with this, but we got it out. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a fun, cheap activity for your children.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: it teaches them something.
1: It's good for... You know, it's good for employees to do with their comp- – uh, you know, employers to do with their employees, yeah. you know, try to – I think the the tech center and – you guys have surely had – you've had your fire extinguisher training, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> you, we're going to because go it's so to. much fun. <laughs> I know that they have like uh, – I know our public education officer, Melissa Hobbs, she has a simulator. She does some training. I know the tech center does it. They actually have simulators now that are oh, wow. crazy lifelike. And um, you can go through the whole process of practicing and pulling the and it's it. It doesn't make near as much of a mess. And I, I think they still do some old school where they'll <laughs> light a pan on fire and spray them. But it's good to put your employees through that training and just some kind of little monthly safety meeting you can do with them, um, you know, that could end up saving your whole your whole business, yep. your whole structure,
0: yeah, Absolutely. I mean, we go in and out of lots of houses, so you never know. We're always out and about, and you never know what well, we'll see, I mean, while we're out and about. I think it's a great idea. We'll have to put that on the calendar. That sounds fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> escape plans. Mm. This is one that we don't do well. Mm-mm. Um I know I my daughter, we've talked about it several times, especially when I was doing the fire thing. I was like, Yeah, you've got two ways out of this house or three ways. You this stairwell, that stairwell, and out that window. So I said, Don't worry about the window. Just something big, throw it through it. You know, open yeah. it if you can. Don't waste any time. Yeah. Try to break it. Get out that window. And so we're on the second floor. I need to put up a ladder.
1: hmm. I should do that. Yeah.
0: So, um,
1: or a pole. You can yeah. slide
0: down. Oh, that'd be even—then <laughs> oh, she would do that all the time just for fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's ornery. Um <clears throat> Not like her dad. Um, so, yeah, fire safety plan. Is there somebody that can come help a family do that? Like, hey, we
1: live in this weird house or—not
0: really. That's just a good a,
1: question. I mean, you could request that the fire department come. Um, we've done a little bit of that. We typically do that kind of stuff more for, you know, for commercial Yeah on the commercial side of things. But, you know, I guess the thing I would say to people is, you know, definitely don't overcomplicate it. Um, You know, have a couple of muster points outside that you're going to go, you know, have a a backup one in case the the first one's compromised and just, you know, the larger the family, the more important, you know, it is Mm -hmm. because you got more, more accountability, more people you're trying to make sure are out, but, you know, just, just, really take an honest look at your, your house where you're just like you just did, you know, okay, I'm on the second floor. Do we have a means of egress to get out? Like, what would I actually do to get out of this house if it was on fire? And, you know, the, the, the hallway was blocked, um, you know, take a little bit of time and then just train with your family, like yeah. actually train. Yeah.
0: You know I mean, and I told you, I mean, we did, I said, okay, most points of fire are kitchen, mm-hmm. electric panel or garage. That's mm-hmm. your three biggest choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, so if the, obviously the kitchen's on fire, you go that way. If the garage is on fire you go that way. Mm-hmm. And so actually our panels in the garage, but, um, yeah, so we did that. And I think that's a 10 minutes. I mean, whatever, yeah. just, and they're, yeah, they're,
1: they'll, they're listening more than we think they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> I mean, it's incredibly important. Just, it's even important if you go somewhere, you know, um, you, you want to try to develop that situational awareness. Um, I talk about it a lot on the self-defense side of things, but on the fire, on the fire side of things as well, you know, you want to, you want to always be any, any place that you go, you want to be looking at your escape plan, your means of egress. I think one of the largest, um, not one of the largest, but it was, it was a very highly, uh, publicized fatality event that happened at a nightclub, um, People were trying to escape, and, you know, when you start to panic, you kind of fall back on your least level of training that you have, kind of the last thing that you can remember. And so people just started trying to bail out of the door, the, the front door of this nightclub that caught on fire, that I think the pyrotechnics caught on fire, and so they all tried to go out the way that they came in, and, the, and they just started stacking up and piling in the door. I think around 300 people died, and... You know, one of the guys that was in there, he was a volunteer firefighter and he just looked over and there was windows everywhere. He just punched a window and him and his girlfriend jumped out. I mean, several people did that, but it was just, you know, he was he was aware enough to know what was going on. He had studied that. He would trained that kind of thing, so he he understood it. But if you're just a regular civilian and you're not used to thinking about that kind of stuff and you just go into a club and you're— you know, you're not really paying attention. All of a sudden, everyone's panicking, trying to run out. You know, you're probably going to run out the way that you came in. I mean, it's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just that little bit of extra situational awareness, looking around. You know, people might think you're a weirdo, but, you know, you
0: never yeah, know what to be aware of it, too. One of those yeah. things just—it's funny because every time we get on an airplane, I always listen to the lady because I think, wow, all these people are rude. They're not even listening to the lady tell us how to get out of this plane if it crashes, you know? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I like just— just be aware, like, yeah, uh, like um, we might not have exit signs here yet. Um, they're all in order. Um, you
1: guys are in the construction phase. Because the guy so said, okay.
0: I mean, our code guy was like, "You need to make sure these are lighted. These stickers don't work." So, <laughs> but yeah, even here, <clears throat> it made a good point. Like we have a back door here, but the back door is a lock, double keyed on each side. Mm. Well, how? Do you, what? I've mm-hmm. been it's on my list of things to do to get to where I can go through that door. So I got to get a tumbler lock thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, whenever, whenever I was the fire marshal and I'm, I still act as the fire marshal. Now we have one being trained, but I always tell people when I come in their business, I'm like, look, at the end of the day, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at if this place catches on fire, how are the people inside going to get out and how are our guys going to get in? And like, what, What's that going to look like? And so that's really how I approach. That's how I was trained to to approach all structures, you know. And that's just the way you want to look at it as well as a business owner or whatever. You're like, okay, you know, let's say a semi hit a power line and took all the power out in here. Could could people see to get out? Would they be falling down? Like, you know, would they be tripping over stuff? They need a clear path of egress to get out of the structure. And it doesn't take a lot of planning or a lot of money to do that you know your exit lights now come with those frog eyes Mm -hmm. which have those lights on them and so you need an exit sign you need illumination and you can get those signs fairly cheap and and just it's kind of like extinguishers the more the better you know is if it's a designated area to get out that's what you want to take advantage of and you and you do want to make sure that it can't be locked from you want to be make sure that it's unlocked Yes. Not from the outside when people are inside. Right. So that's a huge thing. Crazy over here.
0: And this house, this building's like a maze. So if you get lost in here, you're Mm. you're in trouble. Mm.
1: Yeah. So
0: more lights. Got it. Um, You know, you talk about electrical safety. We don't know anything about that. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm to bring this back up because I think it's more it's one of the most important things right now is the space heater thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the old school, just the coil heater that heat the coils and has a fan behind it blowing, um, and then they have the oil radiating heaters, and then now we have infrared heaters. Um, which of those
1: are the safest to use? That's a good question. I mean, I think they all have their pros and cons. Typically, the newer model the heater is, the more safety factors it's going to have in it. The more old school the heater is, you know, the more likely it is to have less safety factors in it. So, um, you know, they just hadn't been sued very many times at that point. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, that, I know not a like a very specific answer, but, you know, they, they have pros and cons for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, you know, just the, the most important thing with heaters is to realize that things can combust that aren't touching the heater. You know, the heat transfer, the heat transfer can happen. So like, say I have a piece of paper that is, you know, six inches away from a strong heat source, it can combust that piece of paper without touching. And so, um, you need to be thinking about things like that. Um, but yeah, you're, you know, your, your heaters are, they're, they are what they are. They're, they're a necessity. A lot of people have them. Um, they're just like anything. I mean, they're, it's just fire. I mean, it's a source of fire, so you have to be careful when you play with fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need that reminder. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, next, uh, grilling safety. Um, mm. This is a good one. This is a good one. <laughs> um I could show you videos. Um I should record myself. I can have I I should make videos on how not to light your grill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have myself I've come close to burning the eyebrows off a few times. So. I mean, I've done it a few times. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Um I uh I have a quirky dadgum pellet mm-hmm. smoker and it frustrates me. I have to clean it every time. Mhm which the manual probably says to do that. Yeah. But I uh, like I have to take my shop back and take it apart and suck it all out. And then I take my leaf blower and I, and I blow it all mm-hmm. everywhere. And, and every now and then just, I'm not going to say anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I had my smoker pellet grill, the whole thing on blaze.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was so exciting. <laughs> um, <clears throat> luckily, I live in a metal house. With metal siding and a metal roof, nothing combustible around it. There you go. It was very entertaining. Shut the lid and let it go off. But so I think that's a big deal. So one thing I've seen at lots of houses is vinyl siding that is warped. Wow. How close was your grill?
1: Yeah. 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 I forget the exact regulation. It's been a little bit since I've looked at that, but I, I want to say it's 10 foot, ten feet away. I, I don't think anybody actually follows that. But it doesn't because
0: your cord's six feet.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly so right. I'm like, so.
0: I have to have an extension cord to plug in my. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's one of those grill. regulations that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just, you know, it's just like anything else. You got to be careful, you know, realize how much heat you have going on with that grill, how hot it is, yeah. and how, just like I'm talking about earlier with the paper. I mean, that heat transfers over to your siding to your to the to the wood on your mm-hmm. house it can absolutely oh. warp it best case scenario you know worst case scenario ignite it so mm-hmm. you should be careful with your grills you know you want to make sure that look up see where the heat is going if you're under some really tight awning you know that's not usually a good deal so mm-hmm. you just want to use a lot of good common sense try to get your grill you know away from from all types of heat sources that could cause you a problem. And yeah, we, we deal with that. I mean, on the regular, well, people yeah. catch stuff on fire and whatnot. No. I mean, at my house, no alcohol was involved, but I think in some of them. <laughs> there, there's usually some alcohol involved.
0: The turkey uh, stuff's coming yes. up too. Oh you God, know. that's a
1: big one. Yeah. You don't want to.
0: Oh my gosh. I've never done some... it yet because I've seen too many crazy stories. And I'm like, I'm, I'm the guy
1: that's going to burn the world down. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to watch for your audience, you know, if you want to watch some super entertaining videos, go to YouTube and YouTube. type in. Do not put a
0: frozen turkey in Greece. Don't do it. It is a catastrophe waiting to happen.
1: So, so yeah, just watch the videos one. on it. You'll see yeah. it's not a good deal. So. No,
0: they'll be aware of that. The other thing is, is is we're almost out of time, but landscaping around your house mm-hmm. I think this is a big deal. I think most houses people. When they plant their shrubs and their tall grasses and they're like, oh, I want it to be pretty and I don't want this big weird gap between my house. And they plant it, you know, three foot from the house and then the grass is
1: four feet wide. So it just wraps up right up against the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that. Yeah. And they're kind of talking about wildland and wildland urban interface and that type of stuff. And yeah, you have to be very careful with the shrubs around your house, with the trees around your house. I mean there's some of it that you can't control, but there, you know, what you can control, you want to be thinking about, especially in regards to grilling or, you know, any other type of fire source that you have. And, you know, just, just realize that when we were, when we are in a state, like we were what five months ago, four months ago, before we got the rain. I mean, it was just, it It was was so easy to start a fire. It was just crazy. And so, you know, keeping those things in mind and, and, uh, You know, keep Murphy's law in mind. You know, what can't go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. So in Woodward,
0: so in your experience in Woodward, um, what are the top reasons houses have burned down? That is a good question. Um, Both of mine were space eaters. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you burned two houses down I'm or not, you no. owned them. I owned them. Okay. I was going to say. The tenants burned them down with space heaters. We, we might really have to come in and, and check out your operations. <laughs> see you got
0: going. Um, I heard it's a felony to burn your own house down. It is. You Even get, if it's out in the country and it's a farmhouse. That is affirmative. You can get in a lot of trouble for... <laughs>
1: Let's just put it this way. Fire will get you in a lot of yes. trouble on purpose
0: yes. or accidentally. Yes. So, yeah, I know. Uh, Buddy Money said, I'm just going to burn it down. So I called the fire department and said, hey, I'm going to burn this this, this pile of lambs in this this old farmhouse. They're like,
1: no, you're not. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a common <laughs> misconception. People, uh, we get, we get calls about that all the time. And, you know, I grew up when I was young, we burned our trash. Like it just wasn't a big deal. We did. You're not supposed to do that. It's technically illegal. That's not a fire department thing. That's a DEQ, Department of Environmental Quality rule. And so they're basically like the state version of the EPA. And Mm so they have rules on that. If you can have your trash picked up, if the service is available to your residents, which I believe everyone in Oklahoma or in Wilbur County is, then you're not supposed to burn it. Now, if you're, if you've called to set up, you know, a sanitation company and they won't do it, then I think at that point you are allowed to burn. But, um, you know, burning trash, burning things like that, burn, burning anything that is processed. So you're not really even supposed to be burning like processed treated lumber. The only thing that you can burn is organic. So, I mean, I've we've had people call and, and say, uh, hey, can I burn these? boards and we're like absolutely not and they're like well I mean can I burn these limbs and we're like Yeah you can burn limbs but you can't burn boards and so yes uh, so uh
0: yeah Michael we're out of time. I, I appreciate you coming in, give us some safety stuff and, and talking about fire safety around our houses and this cold season coming up. We just want everybody to be safe during Thanksgiving. Talk to your kids, talk to your family, talk to your employees about fire safety.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you All have right. questions Feel free to reach out to the fire department. We're always there. What's that phone number? The non-emergency line is 580-254-8540. Yes.
0: All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions on this, give us a shout. My number is 580-334-2303 or check us out online. Thanks a bunch.